for me, it's about like, how can I really learn from all of this shit, from this fucking experience as a human being? There was a time in my 20s where I was really trying to have it all figured out, where I was really trying to figure out like how truly how to be the best version of myself as if there was one right way. Mm. And it kind of boxed me in because I was trying to come up with some sort of like theory that was like perhaps impenetrable or that could be just, I don't know, like this is the way to do it. And that, and I guess in a way I was trying to become a know-it-all and that was really preventing me from like learning. And then once I like yet again, got my shit rocked and got, you know, my ass handed to me. And I was like, oh, I need to let go of that so that I can really become a beginner so that I can keep on learning here. And that really just like changed everything for me. It really humbled me, but it allowed me to like be open to like constantly learning that like, oh, there's so many humans in this lifetime that know so many uh, like really cool, helpful things. And that started my journey of like therapy, coaches, you know, reading to like, oh, what tools can I gain? You know, how can I be a better brother moving forward? How can I be a better you know, friend, a better lover? All of these things. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleaford. What is up, happiness homies? Back again with another episode. We have a very special guest today, Brandon Baker, aka Johnny Tsunami, aka Mowgli. Brandon, how you doing? Good, man. Doing great. Good morning. Good stoked, to be here. Stoked to have you, Matt. I'm so up? fired up right now. I got <laughs> fucking Johnny Tsunami on the podcast. I'm so pumped. Matt is uh, cheesing ear to ear I am, for the I listeners. Am. It's just fun that like this is our life. It's super fun. We get to talk. I mean, people will start to hear it, but we had your little intake form. Mm. Uh, the best intake form I've ever seen. Very intellectual and and deep. Wow. Okay. And very to, right I on. Had, I had to Google some words for sure. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. juxtaposition. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's so good. So, uh, all right. We're going to start off with some rapid fire. Real uh, quick. Deuce, how are we doing? Oh, we're yeah, doing Deuce. fantastic. Deuce, Thank energy you. check. Deuce. The energy Sweet. is high. So much. For love and love. Even Shaboy is on another level today. Yeah. Shaboy's yeah, uh, chilling. Yeah. What? You said my name? Hi. Mm. Hi, buddy. Um, all right, rapid fire. All right, so everyone's doing good. Yeah, uh, let's hit it. I'm gonna start. Brandon, what is one thing you are grateful for? Oh man, uh, this sunshine. Yeah, mm. just kind of woke up this this morning and like meditated to like sunshine pouring in. Um, Colorado gets so much sunshine, and I am one of those people that definitely needs vitamin D. So super stoked to live in a place where I can soak all that up. 300 days of it. I'm mm-hmm. I'm here for that as yeah, well. Love it. Awesome. What is your most used emoji? Uh, the smirking guy. The smirking smiley oh face. Oh my god, like I love that one. Half, like the half. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a little, little sarcastic. Little. Like, uh, <laughs> I kind of s- mostly believe this, but also kind of like fuck you in a joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever really used that one. <laughs> I love it. I like it. It's gonna be on my radar now. I notice when we ask this question and people say it, I'm now more aware of that emoji, and I think I start using it more too. So mm, okay, great. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, what is your walk-up song? walk-up song uh to like me like batting or yeah, like, get, like just get life. hype if you're like you know energizes you it could be like waking up in the morning could be like yeah playing well, sports I, I do have i love music and i have a song that i'm on like hardcore right now it's He's called breaking, breaking out the phone dear to me by electric guest oh it's fantastic okay. so 
adding fire it that to up. List. Yeah. yeah, it's kind nice. of like an indie rock kind of pop. Okay, cool. Um, the really cool thing. This is a longer story. I'm in a band right now, and we're like writing our first album. It's super sick. What? So I'm like, and I love music, so I'm deep in music all the time. But thinking a lot about like how to write music, and this chorus is really interesting. And like, typically a chorus will repeat, you know, mm. maybe four times if there's like a, a stanza or a phrasing. This one has in the chorus they repeat the first and the third and the fourth. So the second one is left out. And it makes you want to hear it, and it makes you want to come mm. back to it, and I love mm. that about this song. So oh, that's really cool. Dear to me by Electric Guest. That's I can definitely relate. There's songs where it's like the intro or one part of it, and I'm like, I just keep restarting the song because I want to hear <laughs> mm-hmm. that one part. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I gotta ask. Okay, uh, <laughs> what instrument do you play? I play bass. Nice. Yeah, slapping and the bass. So what kind bass. of And what kind of music is it? Uh, good question. Probably, generally speaking, be like indie rock, but um, yeah, we have like some neo soul, some okay. funk. We also like do get after it with some like legitimate rock but yeah. also we love reggae we love r&b so there's yes. a little bit of everything we like to like mix it up oh, yeah you, we see it weird you looking to play some shows soon where, where yeah are we definitely so we're playing electric forest oh, oh shit. Shit. Yeah. i went there many years ago nice uh <laughs> maybe not that many but yeah yes a lot of, lot of drugs so we're playing that alcohol. correct yeah, yeah we're gonna <laughs> get after it in june at electric forest <laughs> nice. oh man um we're gonna yeah. be there it, it's gonna happen Dope. yeah yeah you should do it um yeah, we're very small on the poster. You know, there's like Sylvanesso, <laughs> yeah. and there's like yeah. Closey and Tokyo Monster, but The Cheeks is the name of the band that the I'm in. Cheeks. And so oh we're God. there. Just get your magnifying glass out. Yeah. It's, it's in there. Read the so. fine print. I love it. Yeah. You, you know, um, you know. my first thought was butt cheeks, not like cheeks. <laughs> nice. Hey, whatever <laughs> cheeks you want. Yeah. It's, all, yeah. it's your choice. <laughs> don't choices just, don't are discriminate. Happiness. Yeah. yeah. Choices are happiness and the cheeks are happiness. <laughs> all all yeah. cheeks are good cheeks. That's too. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's gonna be our biggest show. Where we're like actually playing a festival. So oh man, super stoked! I'm, I'm so excited um, for this. We'll probably have a couple like shows leading up to it, like in, yeah. in Denver. And uh, oh, keep us hosted. We yeah. man, this could be a next Modern Happiness event. Try and get Ooh. some people. Oh, sick. Um, oh yeah, we're, we're, we told you a little bit. We had our one year anniversary party, but we need to do more like in person events. Yeah. Like, just build communities. So. Let's get a yeah. bus. <laughs> road trip. That's how we did. We road trip from New York City to Michigan. Oh, and, right. Uh, yeah. Cool. I like camping, getting dirty. I loved it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I did the, the same thing a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But from here. Yeah. Okay. Camping got dirty. Not going to do that this time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was quite an experience. But yeah, it is. Yeah. It was nice. I think I was 24, 25. So. Nice. It was, you know, it was good then. Correct. Yeah. I don't know. Sweet. That could be on our flyer. Get dirty. Listen to music. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next rapid fire. Yeah. Favorite book. I'm excited. Oh boy. Um, favorite book. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out two that come to mind. Um, the untethered soul. Mm. That one's just like, I return to that a lot and constantly discover something new. I guess both books that I'm going to recommend. And then illusions. Um, Mm. is another kind of like, I don't know, like, I think Untethered Soul is obviously like spiritual, but it's kind of like figuring out uh, how to define and look at soul and self and existence and how to extrapolate the two, how to think about the two. Whereas Illusions is kind of a fictional tale of um, coming home or waking up or Mm. spiritual journey. Um, and I had a, a coach and a teacher like give that to me a number of years ago. And I read it a couple of times like, Oh, this is like a cool, like easier read, like fictional tale. And then a couple of years later, 
started working back with her again and, and I was like oh yeah I kind of like that because it's kind of nice light fiction she's like oh it's not fiction don't read it as fiction read it as actual like fact mm. I was like whoa and then my mind got split open okay. um, same cool. thing though there's a lot of kind of like allegory similar to kind of like um, the alchemist in a way okay. mm-hmm. where you can yeah. kind of you know take what you want from it and yeah. like kind of just ruminate in that over and over and over again yeah. but there's just like so much to mine from it mm. nice I love that that's one uh, that's the second time we've heard that mm. way back we had Rachel Musel on. She said, oh, that's right. soul." <clears throat> it's on YouTube. You can listen to it for free. Brad. Yeah. It's been on, it's been on, you know, the long list of books. So I'll have to bump it yeah, up. Seriously. I, I have it and so many people bring it up and I started it and kind of just wasn't feeling it. And I've heard a lot of people be like, you got to read it like at the right time. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of waiting till I just like feel called to go back to it. And honestly, like I typically recommend people to read maybe the first three chapters and then just stop, you know, maybe even yeah. read one chapter at a time. Cause it's, it's deep mm. and you need to take some time to like, let that marinate for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Marinate. Not marinade. Oh, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> on that same that's a, that's a me and Taylor thing. Uh, am I up? Ooh, this is a fun question for you. Yeah. yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, originally wanted to be a zoologist, um, or a comedian. Um, oh, I love those answers. Yeah. Like my first part of identity was like as an artist and I loved as a kid, just drawing animals and like entered art contests and did that whole thing. Um, and then really wanted to be a comedian. I was not a funny kid. I was a really like solemn <laughs> kind of like all on my own head, like, I don't know, by myself kid. But I just saw that I, I liked when people laughed. And yeah. so like, I, t- I remember even telling my parents, this is this kind of a story within my family. I'm like, yeah, I want to be either a zoologist or a comedian. And when I told them that I wanted to be a comedian, they actually laughed in my face because I was such a serious kid. They're like, you don't know how to tell a joke. Um, till like years later, you know, I became an actor and I think I'm actually a funny person. So yeah. love you, mom and dad, and screw you, mom and dad, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Proving the world wrong. Do you feel like that's manifested at all, maybe in a different way of like kind of public speaking or even being on stage or? Totally. I mean. But the interesting thing is, like, I didn't really have that disposition growing up. It was something that I kind of learned. Like, I don't think it inherently came to me. Um, but, yeah, I, it's it's cool how it has turned out that way. That, like, even with the zoologist thing, like, I worked with, you know, in on Jungle Book as Mowgli for, like, three months with the animals. I was, was going to ask if that had anything to do oh, with so that. So I was like, holy cow, this is incredible. Like, <clears throat> yeah. I actually got to, like, kind of do that in a way. Yeah. So that was maybe just not always as we imagine. Yeah. Eternally. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, final rapid fire. Yeah. What is your superpower? Huh. Um, one of my superpowers is um, allowing or helping people feel comfortable um, being themselves. Mm. Uh, it's something that I've, it's taken me a long time to kind of figure out and with the help of a lot of people to like actually reflect that back to me. Um. But yeah, people feel really comfortable around me. Um, I don't know how exactly when I picked that up or learned that. I think it's one of those things that I kind of came in with. Um, but yeah, it's super cool. It's what a what a cool like ability to have. Yeah, that is yeah, really, really cool. That's so yeah. powerful. I can even feel that. Just by, you know, we have a lot of guests that we meet for the first time, mm-hmm. and it's just like feel comfortable. Sick. Yeah. So that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, is there anything do you think in reflection of this and recognizing this? Is there anything you think you do that allows people to? feel comfortable and open up um yeah i think it comes so inherent to me that i that there's really no mechanism for it Mm -hmm. i think 
I'm the firstborn in my family. Mm-hmm. And I think when I came into this world, whether it's what I inherited from before this or even just kind of being, I don't know, the glue. Like I, I, I don't remember these, these, these memories or this time in my life, but I grew up in a house with my parents and my grandparents. So it was the four of us. And yeah, I think since I can remember, I've kind of occupied that space within my own family as being kind of the glue or the person that kind of gets along with everyone. As I've gotten older, as I've gotten to therapy, as I've kind of deconstructed all these things, it's like, oh, I need to remind myself that it's not my actual job to make sure that everyone's good. So I've learned that, I don't want to say the hard way, but like, oh, everyone needs to be responsible for themselves to take care of their own relationships. However, I do like that I've learned how to do that, that I am able to pick up on that and mm-hmm. be caring and empathetic because it's really helpful for me in my relationships when I choose to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love, love that you said that <clears throat> you had that as a kid. Cause it's like you said, maybe you came in with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas kids, we have these natural things. And then you mentioned this, uh, in your, in, in the intake form, but, uh, all the unlearning that is required mm-hmm. as you're older. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, Oh, you had this already from the beginning as kids. We're not taught to be a certain way. We just are. Right. And so in reflection, was like, I was always that way. And now, oh, I'm going to find that yeah. as an adult again. Yeah. I don't know if that's, yeah, it's, it's, there's no way for me to actually know. Yeah. But I think the birth order thing is, is interesting because I think me coming in and just seeing actually this year. So my sister had her very first daughter this year. So I'm the oh uncle God, for the congrats. first time this year, which congrats. has been, right, awesome. it's been incredible. She actually just turned one, but seeing how that love for that kid, for that little human has like transformed the love within my family, mm. like between my parents and my sister, between my parents and my brother, you know, mm-hmm. between my my parents themselves, just seeing them as like grandparents for the first time and seeing that little baby come in and everyone is just like lit on fire, you know, and like mm-hmm. little things that used to bother us are just like kind of evaporated, at least for the time being. I mean, if we talk yeah. in a year, I'll tell you maybe something different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think perhaps being like the firstborn versus like I think if you're the second or the thirdborn, then you're kind of trying to find your space within the family, right? Like Mm -hmm. if so-and-so is, if your older sibling is this way, then you might be apt to kind of go in the opposite direction to find your own space within that. And I think perhaps when I came into this world, it was more of like, oh, I think my job here is to kind of bring everyone together. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I reflect a lot on my relationship with my older brother. He's 15 months older. We're best friends. Mm. That's right. And I was like, I always thought early in high school, like I'd never drink or do drugs. I'd be that person. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, you know, I see him drinking beers and I'm like, well, I guess I'll drink some beers. Sure, and then sure. same, th- same thing kind of happened with weed. Um, and he always included me with his friends and we were big into sports. Um, and I reflect on that now, 30, almost 32 years old. And like, how has that really shaped who I am? And am I like fully myself? Right. Or have I just been like kind of following him and, and he's always mm. kind of taking care of me. So interesting reflection. Yeah. And, I, and also, like, are you okay with that? You know, because, like, you can be, oh, I am a product of my environment, but am I okay with that? Am I, like, mindfully aware of that? And do I – I don't necessarily need to deconstruct it if I view it to be a good thing. Like, shout out to the brother for teaching me to smoke weed. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not a bad thing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, maybe some good, some bad. Totally. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one bonus rapid-fire question. Mm. Are you a sky or urchin? Oh, urchin for sure. Of course. course. I've tried on being a sky. And to be honest, like a lot of my like friends out here, like two of my best friends are big skies. And so I actually tried maybe three (laughs) years ago, just skiing for an entire season. 
Luckily, I had like the visor on, you know, and the beanie and like the helmet because I was like, if anyone fucking sees me, I'm fucking screwed. <laughs> I'm done. Seriously. Yeah. Like, traitor. But no, it's fine. I mean, like, I grew up skiing first and then switched over to snowboarding. I definitely prefer snowboarding more. It just feels more natural. Yeah. More me, more flow state. Yeah. Skiing is, I, I understand if you like want it for like, like a technical actually, you know, because you can get a lot more done, in my opinion, generally speaking. But for me, snowboarding is just more meditative, and I find it to be much more of that for me than skiing. Yeah. I love that. When you say grew up, like, did you learn snowboarding on Johnny Tsunami, or no. did you know it before? No, before. Surfing, yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I grew up in Southern California, yeah. and so that was just kind of a thing. And I grew up skiing. I grew up playing hockey, actually. That was kind of like my first, maybe my second love, art and then hockey. And so skiing was a natural extension of just skates. Um, and then snowboarding came about, picked up snowboarding, um, actually auditioned for Johnny Tsunami with, a, uh, I, uh, I broke my wrist snowboarding, so I had a cast on, um, and the director of Johnny Tsunami was a stunt guy, former stunt guy. And he's like, Oh, like what happened to your wrist? I was like, I actually broke it snowboarding. He's like, when do you get it off? I was like, maybe like four or six weeks. He's like, ah, you'll be fine. And so booked Johnny Tsunami with a broken arm. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, cool. Badass. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, stuntman's like, yeah, whatever, you're fine. For sure, exactly. <laughs> I yeah. love that. I, I yeah. wanted a little side note where you're like, if anyone sees me skiing, like, oh. <laughs> it's so funny to talk to my brother who we grew up snowboarding. Literally, I think Taylor wants to talk about this too, how Johnny Tsunami, uh, I was nine years old, 1999, right? Mm. And uh, 10 years old, I started snowboarding and right. same with my brother. And uh, so that movie definitely got me into it. But it's so funny now, he's been skiing and he's bought skis and he's like made the transition a year or two ago. And I'm like, like, why? I'm like, have you mastered snowboarding? Or like, you know, yeah. why? And he's like, I don't want to be the 50-year-old guy like snowboarding. <laughs> I'm like, why not? <laughs> totally. Why yeah. not? Yeah. There's a little bit of the opposite. But yeah. Okay. Let's dive into Johnny Tsunami. I do yeah. want to tell a quick story. Maybe, you know, some background for you why you're on here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched Johnny Tsunami as a kid. I grew up in Florida. So grew up <laughs> wakeboarding, surfing, whatever. And this is literally a story I've told probably 50 times. Anytime okay. I meet someone new, we start talking about moving to Colorado. I moved out in 2013, but watched the movie and was like, I want to learn snowboard. And I ended up learning Very when I was cool. like eight, move, uh, we took a trip out to Big Sky. And I'm like, yeah, that movie, like I just resonated, you know, Johnny's the character story, Hawaii to Vermont, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I was telling this story to a friend, Teresa, who she was on the podcast, shout out Teresa. And you know, I met her for the first time over coffee and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, that's what got me into snowboarding. And then I was just like, after that movie, I kind of manifested. I'm like, when I'm like eight, nine years old, I'm like, I will move to Colorado or somewhere I can snowboard right. at some point in my life. Years later, after graduating college, it happened. And I'm telling her the story. She's like, oh my God, like I have a friend who knows Johnny Tsunami and he lives <laughs> in Colorado. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And so immediately I'm just like, we, we got to get him on the podcast. We got to. And then I was talking to Deuce and she said the same thing. She's like, I have a friend of a friend. And <laughs> funny. so this has been in the works for like a few months and, um, started following you on Instagram. And then all of a sudden it's like, cause I, your, your handle is what Brandon be good. Mm -hmm. And I was just oh. like that name already. I want to know more about this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, following what you're doing and it, it seems really in line, but you know, I, we have a lot of friends who we told and they're like excited for that because we all grew up in that era. So, sure, sure. Dude, that, that's the one Disney movie that's like, it's still, like the fucking Holy Grail. It's just still so relevant. <laughs> I, I remember yeah. before Disney Plus came out, I'm like, how the fuck can I find this movie? Yeah. Like, I want to rewatch it mm -hmm. and live those dreams. And then Disney Plus came out and now I'm like, I don't think I want to watch it. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I don't want to. I'm, yeah. sure I'm sure it's the best movie ever, but I don't want to ruin it and ruin those times. But, fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Fair. But yeah, so we'd love to dive in, you know, talk a little bit about that. We can dive into where you're at now, but sure. 
how did you get into that? What was, you know, acting as a child, like kind of that, how did that shape you? Um, and, and then we can kind of move on to everything else going on today. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, really cool story, by the way. That's, that's <laughs> rad. I, I hear that a lot, to I, be honest. I bet. It's kind of a trip, because even when I was, like, moving out here, a lot of friends were like, whoa, you're following the movie, man. You're moving from California <laughs> oh, to the shit. mountains. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> which, yeah. by, which, by the way, I like you. You kind of own it, right? Like, on your Instagram bio, it's Brandon, Johnny. I don't know if you said Johnny Tsunami yeah. and Mowgli. Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. you own those characters, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, I've been in more, you know, movies or TV shows than that, but yeah. those are your main three identities i suppose like all like resonate cool yeah i definitely carry a lot of Mowgli with me that was kind of like my first start and johnny is yeah it's it's incredible it's pretty wild i mean like when we were making that movie in yeah 99 which is a long i can't even do the math <laughs> yeah. but a long fucking time ago um you know you had this feeling that like yeah this is going to be pretty awesome and i mean it was me auditioning as a 14 15 year old kid who I was like normally like either the best friend or the love interest, like ethnically ambiguous, right? Because mm-hmm. this is back in the time where it's like if you're brown, you're like Mexican mm-hmm. or you're Asian. And I'm like of mixed descent. And this is the first time where it's like, okay, well, you actually have a white mother and an Asian father. You know, my mom is – my actual mother is Filipino. My, my dad's a white guy. So it's like, oh, wow, this is actually close to who I am. Also grew up in Southern California where I was like surfing, going to the beach, snowboarding. Like, oh my God, this is going to be so fucking sick. <laughs> um, and then when we're making it, you're like, oh, this is really, I think this is going to be really good. But this is kind of like, I don't say early Disney Channel movies, but it's like kind of at the beginning. And so it really wasn't a thing. And here we are 20 something years later, still talking about it, still resonating. And it definitely is that thing where when Disney Plus came out, I guess in quarantine, you know, people are hitting me up. Oh my God, I'm watching the movie again. But also, like, you know, I have kids now, Damn. so my kids are watching it. Wow. And you're just like, oh my wow, God, there's it's no way. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you could crazy. ever predicted that. You know, twenty yeah. some years ago. So, super grateful. That's it's. I mean, it's the reason I'm sitting here with you guys right now. Yeah, so literally. it's such a trip. It's yeah. so yeah. weird to it's like so have to do that and this still paying dividends all these years later. So, yeah, super grateful for Johnny Snowy. What what a cool thing. Um, in terms of the acting, yeah, I grew up in Southern California, um, did Polynesian dancing with my family. So cool. my mother was a dancer. So was my sister. My dad was a drummer and I was in it as well. Um, we like did it competitively, <gasps> the whole thing. So I like, kind of grew up going back to the Johnny Tsunami thing, even though I'm not, you know, classically Polynesian, like the culture that I grew up in was completely. So I had all the aunties and uncles who are Samoan and Hawaiian and Tahitian, Filipino, whatever, um, which made the Johnny Tsunami thing like even another cool little connection. Mm-hmm. But one of the girls that I danced with, she was in acting. She like, did a movie. My parents were like, hey, to me, my brother, sister, do you want to like try this out? Maybe get a commercial to pay for college. We're like, cool, let's try it. My brother hated it. My sister was too shy. I happened to be good at it and happened to get lucky, honestly. You know, like I was a pretty competitive kid, like uh, whether it was like art or sports, I really liked winning, you know, Mm. and and really liked doing well. Um, And so I tried really hard at it. I kind of approached it like sports. And when I go to these auditions, like it would be a lot of like these actor kids who would be like chummy and like knowing each other and like that whole thing. And I didn't really know because I grew up in Orange County. So I didn't like live in LA, wasn't from that lifestyle, wasn't homeschooled. I was still going to public school. 
And so there's a vibe of like, oh, everyone knows everyone and everyone's like t- kind of talking. And I was kind of the weird kid over in the corner, like in my like head as a 10 year old, like I'm going to fucking kill this kid. <laughs> <He's gonna> fucking <laughs> suck him blood out of the water. You know, this oh, is like yeah. my, my, wow, like, this is like my hockey that. mentality. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Throwing off um, the gloves. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah 100%. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the lucky part was, yeah, I happened to be a 10, 11 year old brown kid when Jungle Book was an audition. You know, so had I been, and I had like long hair as well. So it was kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. So had I been two years older, two years younger, had I been darker or lighter, you know, any of those things, it would have just honestly passed me by like it has for probably millions of other people. Right. But in this one moment in time, you know, got that and like kind of from there, it was just like off to the races. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Wow. So Jungle Book was your first big. Yeah. I was Shere Khan in Jungle Book in our middle school play. Nice. Oh. There we go. Look at that. Exactly. I, I knew I you looked familiar. I was always typecasted. <laughs> I was always typecasted as the evil person. Which makes no oh my sense God. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Great chance for you nice. to be someone completely different. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, fun. Jungle Book's fun. Yeah, Damn. that was awesome. Awesome. So you get into the acting. What's What uh, What was that kind of like? You do that for a little bit. You know, catch us up to now. Like, Yeah. Um, wait, before you do that, I have this mini theory I was thinking about last night <laughs> preparing for this podcast. Yeah. Your grandfather in Johnny Tsunami. Correct. Kerry Tagawa. Pono. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which my brother and I cracked up at all the time because mm-hmm. I was porno. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious to us. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Pono. P O N O. Which means righteousness. Uh huh. Right. And <laughs> your grandfather was obviously you like loved him and he like supported you in the surfing and the snowboarding and all mm-hmm. the fun things where your dad in the movie was kinda like, Stop doing this shit. Yeah. Like go to school, get good grades, right. stop messing around. And I wonder as the movie being formed in your formative years, kinda like you talked about with being a zoologist and being mm-hmm. Mowgli, yeah. if that sight of your grandfather in the movie um, allowing you to kind of do what you do today and maybe as you kind of tell your story, reflecting yeah. on, on my theory over here of how that hmm. could potentially have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fascinating. I haven't thought about that. Was that, was that um, no, no, it's deep. No, it was like, it's deep. Yeah. I was yeah, just yeah. wondering if this is a way you could say porno on the Correct. podcast. I'll yeah, just yeah. say porno well, if I, I want to. I figured you I were like, trying to be more shit, slide. Come, fuck. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop me, Taylor. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think that that actually influenced me at all. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. But no, right, no, no, hey. no, no, no. But, um, like. My actual, my, oddly enough, my dad in the movie, so Yuji Okamoto, me and him were like really close friends and still friends to this day. And he was actually a pretty big influence on my life, mm. ironically, considering that he's the one that's like, yeah, straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie is a super cool dude, but me and Yuji were like, that was like my homie. We would like, you know, I'm like 14 in Utah filming just a bunch of scenes with me and him is like the very first week of filming and he would just like take me to the arcades and we just like, Sick. yeah, it was really, really cool. Mm, nice. Um, like even when he showed up to like the table read, he like had an earring in his hair. He showed up on a motorcycle. He had like, you know, leather jacket on. I was like, do I have an older brother in this movie? <laughs> and then so cool. all of a sudden out of his like mouth, was like, Hey, I'm a square dad. And I was like, Whoa, crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, he actually was like a really cool example of how to kind of, uh, not meander through this life to just be open-minded about, you know, how to get to where you want to be, nice. that you can kind of evolve in different ways. Carrie was the same way, but Yuji kind of took me under his wing a little bit more than that. Um, yeah. As you've asked me a couple of times, like, you know, what did I want to be growing up? And as we've been talking, I've been thinking about it. Like I had those ideas when I was five as well, just in comedian. But since then I really haven't had 
a clear, concise idea. It's been just kind of figuring it out as I go. I think because with the acting thing, you know, like, all right, artist, hockey player, those were my identities. And then became actor, you know, um, not for myself, but for everyone who knew me. So it was like I would arrive at the family party and they'd be like, oh, there's Brandon the actor, you know, and then obviously I have an agent and a manager and like kind of just like insulated for like the next 10 years. Going back to your question about like what's happened since then. And because that happened at such an early age, I don't think I had the opportunity to really like learn it for myself, to like self-define or to find myself. And I found myself working from like 11 to like 20 pretty consistently. And I got to 20 and in college I was like, I don't really know who the fuck I am. I wasn't really cognizant of that at the time. You know, looking back, I'm like, oh, you were lost at that time in your life. But mm-hmm. I was just trying to, like, extrapolate, like, is this who I want to be or is this just what I know? Mm-hmm. And because that was ingrained before, you know, I hit puberty, you know, like, I'm like, I am working full time. <clears throat> I'm working 40 hours a week. I'm going to school full time. And, like, I haven't even, like, I don't know, touched a boob yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, it was... So that was like so ingrained that it took a while to kind Johnny of Johnny Tsunami didn't that. get you laid. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, not at eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I show up at every party, be like, "Hey, I'm Johnny Tsunami." What's <laughs> <laughs> going? Porno, porno, I'm yeah, porno. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am yes, porno. you would, Matt. Yes, you would. Oh my god. And I never would have found my identity because would have yeah, went too I, hard into that. I was really curious about. I wanted to ask about identity, you know, because someone not understanding what it's like, you know. Being in movies, Hollywood, mm-hmm. like it does seem like, especially at a young age, it could really maybe define you. And it seems like yeah. you've, the little I know about you, you know, current state ha- really have done deeper inner work of yeah. asking those questions. But it, it seems like maybe not everyone does that. So how did, yeah. how do you feel like you kind of found that path? You know, do you have friends maybe also in the industry, you know, yeah. still struggling with that? Or is it something maybe you still struggle with? Because, you know, I imagine that people are still calling you Johnny right and recognize you and yeah is that weird at all or you've just you're comfortable with who you are yeah luckily i'm pretty cool with it i mean shout out to yeah all the people who helped me with that inner work to be and, and you know and just like i don't know the wonder of the universe putting me in positions where like yeah i really like who i am or like what my life is um i don't really know why or how mm. um i think there was an interesting exercise i did with my mom on my birthday a few years ago and we kind of we're like drinking wine. It's like, we're like day drinking me and my mom. And she's a lot of fun in that way. And we somehow got on this conversation about like, Hey, what are like the three words, the three terms that people would describe you as? And so we kind of like sent this out to like 15, 20 people in my life that are closest to me and three words like describe me. And, um, everyone said two things specifically. The third one was kind of depending on our relationship. They'd say something different, but one was funny, which is funny because I wanted to be a comedian. Uh, But the second one was deep, you know? And so Mm -hmm. everyone was like, Oh, Brandon's really deep. Um, And so that's something that I've always had as well. Like growing up um, with, within my parents and their like high school group of friends, I was the first born kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second born kid was actually my sister. So everyone kind of in my parents' friend group had kids a little bit later in life. And so I remember growing up going to like these parties with my, my friends or my parents' friends rather. And 
I'd be asking them questions like, you know, what happens after you die, you know, and things <laughs> wow. like, that, you know, right. And they're like, shit, kid, I'm just trying to enjoy my fucking beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yikes. Get away from like, me. Exactly. <laughs> killed my buzz, man. Um, but those like bigger questions have always been yeah. really interesting to me. Um, and that's a curiosity that I still carry with me today. And so I think that was kind of the jump off point for me to getting into this deeper work. Um, I, I didn't really know anybody in my life. Like, it's not like my parents went to therapy or they're like really you know, deep in that way of like internal discovery or internal like knowing right. they've had like a lot harder lives and have come from harder backgrounds than like what I've come from. Um, and this is a different generation, you know, I think it's a lot more open. Um, but I think within my specific <clears throat> family and a lot of people I grew up with, I'm kind of the linchpin for everyone to be like, oh, okay, this is a, this is all right. This is, is acceptable. Mm -hmm. Not that everyone does it, but, um, I think acting was really helpful for that too. Um, you know, just investigating characters, investigating a role, you know, you're like, how do people work? You know, there's never, there's never a villain in any movie that actually thinks they're a villain. Everyone is motivated, you know, for some greater good for themselves or for others. So no one thinks like I'm an evil person. So investigating yeah, character and just human condition, you, you're, you know, you have to think deeply about how and why people work. And so I think that got me to think, you know, married with that curiosity, then it's like, okay, well, how the fuck do I work? Yeah. You know, why the fuck am I the way that I am? That's really interesting because I feel like a lot of people are still struggling with, you know, they get to 30 and they've been in their career and their whole life has been laid out for them mm -hmm. where they don't have a chance to get curious. Um, I love that exercise that you did. I've done that before. It's really interesting to see what people say. Mm. Um, did you happen to do it first on yourself? Like, what did you think people would say? Yeah. Before you got responses or did you just get responses? Yeah. I don't think I did it on myself okay. first. Um, did it surprise you? A little bit. It? Okay. A little bit that everyone thought, I mean like that it was kind of clearly funny and deep were the mm. common denominators, which I was like, score. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes. great. That, that is actually pretty <laughs> accurate. You know, like I do like getting deep. All the people in my life know like, Oh, if you talk with Brandon, like you might get caught for like 30 minutes and they're just like gone because you're talking about existential, whatever. That's how he was showing up to parties was, <laughs> Hey, what, what's kind what's of, the, what's the purpose of your life? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, I did that on Saturday after my eighth beer. I was like really getting deep with people. Yes. But yeah, my girlfriend makes fun of me for it. But yeah. yeah. But also, yeah. Boobs and porno. I can also get down on that too. <laughs> so that is yeah. my guy right here. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I, I actually had a conversation with my mom once uh, talking about, you know, whatever, things. Um, not to get too into it, but, you know, she asked me a question. She's like, and then she like paused and she prefaced. She's like, I don't need to be life coached by Matthew right now. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm just trying to ask good questions. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry. But uh, I'll take it if that's what you think I'm doing, you know. Yeah, I, I, it is interesting. I have the same thing or I've had the same thing. And I'm trying to learn to back off on that because some people think that it's like uh I don't know, like you're infringing upon yeah. something or that you're like investigating it, them and breaking them down. And I'm just like, look, I'm just trying to like know you better for myself selfishly and for yourself so that there's like a deeper connection here mm. rather than just talking about whatever the fuck. But I also recognize that not everyone operates in that way and that mm -hmm. it is a very vulnerable thing that people are weary of. But my mom has literally had the same conversation. With yeah, me. yeah. 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 That's funny. Yeah. yeah I, I don't like the, how's the weather? How's the weather over there? And yeah. uh, like all that stuff. I'm just like, I, just like, you'll lose me. Start fading away. And I'm 100%. like, can, can we get to it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. 
Yeah, I think it's so counterculture to our society. So it's like people <clears throat> I've noticed, especially like being in coaching, I'm a life coach. So it's like Sweet. I literally was with um, Amelia, someone who's been on the podcast and she's also a coach. I was hanging out with her last night and I asked her a question. I was like, what if it was easy? She's like, are you coaching me right now? And hmm. I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm just being curious, but like, that's our community. And that's like oh. part of this podcast is like, we're just genuinely curious. And so this is a platform for that. Um, and it's unfortunate people who don't have that hmm. because I think it's like, it's, it's such a game changer mm -hmm. for your life. Yeah, I agree. There's a, um, a few years back as I was really kind of getting into things that felt aligned for myself was really trying to help out other people in my life out of love. And also, you know, probably out of wanting to be you know, like seen and to feel connected that there's other people on this journey with me. Um, and I do wish it for everyone. And there's certain mm. things that I've done in my life or experience where I'm like, oh my God, everyone needs to do this. But I also just recognize that like, all right, I guess I've learned to like let go of that a little bit to where as much as I want everyone to learn, I've tried to like make so many like, you know, horses drink the water. You know, Don't that I'm just all. like, love that you said that quote. Oh, oh, I haven't had yeah. this conversation. And holy fucking shit. I just need to like have a drinking hole available. Yeah. Like, hey, there's water here for you whenever you want. I'm going to probably just like, you know, via osmosis, you're probably going to pick up on some of it, just like being around me and listening to me, whatever. Not that I fucking know everything because I definitely don't. Yeah. But like, there's cool shit that I've done that I think could be helpful for other people, just <clears> as I'm trying to drink of from all of your water as well. Um, but also, like, I just need to leave that gate open. Like, if they want to come in, if they want to enjoy the garden that I've created and this little pool of water they can drink from, fantastic. And if not, like, hey, your own journey is your own journey. You get to, like, you're dropped off on this planet with your instructions like I was. You know, fucking figure it out for yourself, too. I'm, I'm totally here for you, but do you. Yeah. yeah, I think people have to be ready. And Matt and I have talked about this a lot. Like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And... By pushing them too much, it might re repel them away. But I for think sure. it sounds like for you, just living in alignment and kind of showing up is, at least that's what I believe is the best way. Mm -hmm. And Matt and I have a cool story where one of our really good friends, um, Matt knew him previously in New York, and then I met him, and he's one of our closest friends, but he kind of was just angry and always like negative. Mm -hmm. And Matt and I are very positive and not, not trying to just like not be real with like, sometimes shit happens and sometimes it's hard, but also like it's perspective. It's happiness is a choice. And so when he hangs out with us, when he snowboards with us, we're always like, Oh, goody, goody gumdrops. Like we went, we went and rode bikes and Matt got a flat tire and we're trying to race back from golden to Denver because the sun's setting. We were flying. We had two beers. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden a flat tire. And I look at Matt before I can say, he's like, goody, goody gumdrops. What a great opportunity to teach you guys how to change uh, bike tire, all this stuff. And we would just do that eventually. And our friend would make fun of us mm. and say things like, oh, mm. goody, goody gumdrops. I'm so grateful. And then fast forward a few months later, uh, his truck got towed and he called us and we're waiting him to just be like, fuck this, fuck that. Like what's happening? So, so many Fs. Yeah. And we're, we're just <laughs> like waiting. Time. He's like, guys, like he was in between jobs. He had like a week off from work and he's like, I'm just so grateful. Like I don't have to go to work. And like, I have money in my bank account to go get this. And we're like, who is this? Yeah. And just eventually it kind of like fell on him by not pushing it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Do you think anything happened with him like in between now and then, or do you think that was just the osmosis thing where it's like, Oh my, my truck is fucked right now. Goody, gun drops. I think he, I mean, he was conscious of it working on it. We would have, oh, that's cool. We would show up this way, but, and have the conversations too. Like we go snowboarding we have the, you know, hour and a half drive, mm -hmm. whatever. Like we would talk about this stuff. Um, but yeah. And just showing up that way. So he is definitely 
you know, looking to improve always. Mm-hmm. That's his personality. Cool. Um, like Taylor said, like you got to be ready yeah. for it. We And he would have deep conversations. We would have great conversations with him. So even though there was that, I, I would say that was just more, not so much him as a person, but his immediate reaction to things. Got it. Um, so just by having those deep conversations, and I think us just showing up like non-judgmental of like letting him be him, but also like, hey, this is how we're going to be. That's Like great. you can complain to us and we're yeah. like, dude, that sucks. Okay, but like what can we do? You right. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Because a lot of people just need to be heard. Mm. You know, if like, if you have that, um, I don't even know, that like deep grout of like negativity just like lodged in there, you know, like sometimes it's hard to just go because then it does kind of feel like that, um, like positivity kind of bypassing thing, you know, Mm -hmm. or like, oh no, I actually have some shit that I need to get out and I need people to hear so that I can access that later. And so it sounds like he's been able to do that. And you guys allowed him to do that, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I want to dive into, you talk a lot, we sent you this survey about yeah. being a better version of yourself. Yeah, and sure. And I'm curious. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> one, I'm curious how you've figured out what that looks like. And then yeah. also you talked about, you, you had mentioned there's a line. Um, I feel the most depressed when I'm not in alignment with those ways of being. So how do you navigate, mm-hmm. okay, what what is the best version of myself? Being aware of when you're not the best version of yourself and like, being out of alignment, getting back into alignment. Mm. Really easy question. Anywhere yeah, in yeah. between. It's super simple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you said deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so many things. Uh, I think the, the being a better version of yourself, I've learned over and over again that it really is not a destination. There's been several times where I really was hoping that it would be. And there's probably still a portion of me inside myself that I, I hope that it's that. Cause that would just be nice. That'd be a beautiful little fairy tale that one day I will become and just be this. And it's like, this just doesn't work that way. Like life is complicated. Humans are fucking complicated. It would be way shittier, honestly, if it were that way. You wouldn't like it. I wouldn't it'd be, like it'd be it. boring as it hell. It would be boring for yeah. sure. So I think letting go of that idea was super helpful. So mm-hmm. it's this, this journey to get to there, knowing that I'm going to take two steps forward and five steps back at times and like, you know, eat shit over and over and over again. Each time, luckily, I mean, like I've definitely had some like low points in my life where I've been like, man, I'm at the fucking bottom right now. And then there might be another bottom later. I think I've mostly hit that. I think I've figured out things, generally speaking enough to not, you know, um, actually get back down to like my lowest of lows. Um, but it is helpful when, you know, that happens cause it is all a cycle. Like there's definitely gonna be times in my life moving forward where I'm going to be depressed again to some extent, not nearly to the, the point that I was before. So mm. for me, it's about like, how can I really learn from all of this shit from this fucking experience as a human being? Um, I think there was a time in my twenties where I was really trying to have it all figured out where I was really trying to figure out like how to truly how to be the best version of myself as if there was one right way. Mm. And it kind of boxed me in because I was trying to come up with some sort of like theory that was like perhaps impenetrable or that could be just, I don't know, not even laminated, but like, you know, embossed in gold, like this is the way to do it. And that, and I guess in a way I was trying to become a know-it-all and that was really Mm. preventing me from like learning. (laughs) And then once I like yet again, got my shit rocked and got, you know, my ass handed to me, and I was like, oh, I need to let go of that so that I can really become a beginner so that I can keep on learning here. And that really just like changed everything for me. It really humbled me, but it allowed me to like be open to like constantly learning that like, oh, there's so many humans in this lifetime that know so many uh, like really cool, helpful things. And that started my journey of like therapy, 
coaches, you know, reading to like, oh, what tools can I gain? You know, how can I be a better brother moving forward? How can I be a better, you know, friend, a better lover, all of these things? How can I be better to myself? Now, that took a long time. Like, you know, I've been on that journey since like probably my mid-20s. So at this point, it's, you know, 13 years, something like that. And it's evolved mm -hmm. quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's helpful. I now have enough instances of that cycle being engaged to feeling shitty to where I can like pinpoint it now. Whereas before mm -hmm. I would be admired in a shitty headspace or a shitty feeling space for days, weeks, months, years, and not know, not have like, I don't know, the separation to even recognize it. Whereas now I'm, I'm able to kind of like pinpoint it within, you know, half an hour, an hour, speak to it at least within a day, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. I also have a lot of things built into my life as like fail safes. So mm -hmm. I do have a coach and a therapist that I meet with every two weeks. Mm -hmm. So there is that space to where even if I, let's say I'm bullshitting myself and I lie to her for like, let's say two sessions, you know, within a month, I'm going to probably be honest enough with myself to be like, here's what I'm really struggling with. Mm. Um, I do the same thing in like my relationship with my girlfriend. We have these things that I'm sure we learned from somewhere, just like relationship check-ins. It's like, Hey, over, you know, this last period of time in between our last relationship check-in, what's some way that, you know, your partner has shown up for you. So we kind of like speak to things that have been good. So you can actually hear from your own mouth, like, oh, here's how my partner has really been there for me, which is really helpful to hear from your own mouth. Yeah. Like they've really been supporting me, but also like, where have I not shown up? You know, where has your partner, where is like any resentment built in? Can you mm -hmm. search within yourself anything that hasn't been brought up? So in a similar way within my romantic relationship with my partner, like I know that we're going to have time and space to kind of double check our work here. Because that self-deception was my issue for a long time where like I didn't even know that I was depressed. I didn't even know that I was misaligned. I didn't even know that I was lying to myself. Yeah. Um, and so having those built in really is also like really helpful to like uh, me taking that deep breath, you know, because then I know that they're in place that like, I guess more or less that I know that I'm taking care of myself is what it really comes down to. Am I being in a good relationship with myself to yeah, unfurl the best version of myself possible moving forward. I love all of that. Those are so good. I <laughs> with the relationship thing, I'm like now I'm reflecting on my own relationship. Um, <laughs> I, I love all those those very specific tools. I'm curious, you know, what you said. Um, you know, this this long journey and it's never ending. So <laughs> we're just getting started, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Thirty six, right? right? Just getting started with it. But yeah, thirty seven. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned to, to gather those tools to help yourself. And I love the examples you gave with the relationship. What are some of the tools, you know, say in between those two weeks before you're seeing your therapist and whatever, um, you mentioned you yeah. can get out of it in 30 minutes. And I totally resonate with that. I used to go, you know, down those downward spirals mm -hmm. for maybe days at a time. And it's like, you don't even know what's going on and pff, all this stuff. And now finding myself literally in this past few weeks, even, um, might wake up in like this, terrible place mm. go right to my journal i'm able to like journal and, and get my yeah. thoughts out and with by the time the journaling's done i'm feeling fucking phenomenal right so i'm curious what tools you use to pull yourself out of those downward spirals yeah so many luckily i've found like so many tools that have worked for me um you know back to the horse and water thing everyone has their own different tools but these are what have worked for me you ride um, a horse <laughs> no, <laughs> correct <Yes>. awesome <laughs> get yourself a horse shoves its head and makes it drink the water <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. i feel better yeah. um 
Oh, that's not where we're going. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue. Um, no, I, I mean, journaling, definitely. There is something specifically about putting pen to paper. And I'm, you know, and it is specifically pen You're to paper. You're getting Taylor Hart over there. It's, yeah. It's magic, yeah. It is magic. Literally. It's so weird. Like, I can do the same thing and type it into my phone, and it's not the same way. There's no. something about a tangible representation of what was mm. here that kind of, for me, like, unburdens myself of it. Um so that's huge. And it, it's so it's so simple and I can't impress that upon people enough. Um because I think I'm crazy every time I'm trying to tell someone yeah. about that. Um <clears throat> but yeah, that's magical. Meditation totally, like being able to like observe my my thoughts, my states of being or to even like recognize sometimes that like I'm not able to observe myself that I'm constantly mm. fighting the monkey mind of my brain. Um in quarantine I really like found a really good meditation practice that I just like, kind of like figured out for myself. And what it gave me wasn't necessarily like, oh, that meditation is like so amazing and I'm going to transcend. And it's, it actually gave me just a baseline. It's like, oh, every day, generally speaking, you're able to access this piece. So throughout the day, when you find yourself not in this piece, you will have an example first thing in the morning of like what peace is and what peace mm. feels like. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty much what it gave me. It was like it gave me an awareness of when I'm, when I'm not in alignment. Mm. Um, so that was really helpful. Um, yeah, talk therapy, super helpful. Getting outside, the sunshine thing, super helpful. Moving my body. Quarantine was like, oh, if I'm not working out, then I am a much shittier version of myself. I am not great. Um, but yeah, I mean, also like I've sat in ayahuasca ceremonies. You know, I've definitely, you know, tried a bunch of different like plant medicines. I've definitely tried microdosing. All of those things are really helpful tools that I can like, you know, bring out of my tool chest whenever it seems fitting. Yes. Um, yeah, those are probably my go-tos. I love that. Just touching back on, you talked about, you know, your coach, therapist, also, um, I don't know if it's separate or the same one for your relationship. Mm. I think it's really cool, this idea of like, it doesn't have to be broken in order to fix it. Mm. Or maybe fix is not the right word, but that's that's kind of a common quote. And it's interesting. I think so many people wait till it's too late. And, you know, especially therapy, that's it's maybe taboo where they're like, oh, I don't need that or, you know, I'm not the type of person. Um, but I think that is so powerful. And that's like one thing we talk about is, you know, having these deep conversations and having a community is like when I'm going through shit, I can talk to Matt and I can call him and I can be as vulnerable as possible and be like, I know he's not going to judge me. Um, I'm curious, though, especially for our listeners, has it taken like hitting the lows to like keep seeing the coach, the therapist, or what kind of led you, or did you just always feel like, Oh, this is beneficial. Um, or was there like a changing point where you're like, no, I don't, I don't need to wait till things are bad to like keep these checkpoints in my life. Yeah. Uh, good question. I mean, um, definitely getting into it was kind of hitting the low points mm -hmm. and it's, it's so unfortunate that it has to be that way for some people. And for in, in my circumstance, it was because I didn't really think that like I was similar. Whereas like, I didn't really have any, I didn't know anyone in my life who went to therapy. So right. I didn't really have an example of it. And I thought like, you know, I'm in my mid twenties. I have a career. I have my health. I have a girlfriend. I have family. I have all these things. Like, I don't think I'm even deserving of going to therapy. Like almost, I almost felt guilty about going to therapy. It was, it was a demand of my girlfriend at the time. She's like, Hey, you need to go. Like there's kind of a, like a mini intervention by my parents and my girlfriend at the time. They're like, Hey, you're not returning anyone's phone calls. You're not in a good place. You know, you should probably see someone. My girlfriend's like, if you don't see someone, we're going to break up. Shout out to her. Cause wow. I don't think I would have gotten into therapy at least as soon, you know, without her got into therapy, 
realized I didn't want to be in that relationship. So that was like pretty ironic. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, but shout out to, to her for like really putting her foot down because yeah. she was completely right. And like that really kind of changed the trajectory of my life in, in a lot of ways that I can't even really like measure. Um, but then getting in and staying in it, there's definitely times over these many years where I was in it and then I thought, oh, I, I figured it out. There's like, you know, there's, there's that wanting to be the, the destination part, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, okay, I've been in therapy for a couple of years now. I think I'm good. I think I'm cured, you know? And <laughs> yeah, lo and behold, later on, I get my shit handed to me again. You're like, oh, wow, I'm not really acknowledging this whole thing. It was kind of like, I, I've used this metaphor before, but kind of going into my metaphorical house, like my internal self and looking around, I'm like, wow, look at all these rooms, look at all the stuff I have here. And then all of a sudden I find one, at one point I have an attic you know, I'm like, holy shit, I have a whole bunch of shit <laughs> stuffed up here. It's, it's in disarray. It's so unorganized. It smells weird up here. And it's like, fuck. All right. Like, not only did I find it, but I have to organize it. I have to throw this shit away. I have to decide what to keep. And that's what a lot of the hard work is, is like you discovering that you have the internal world and then also doing the work to like organize it. So it's like, once I like found that attic, I was like, cool. I figured out the attic. I'm so thankful that like, you helped me find the attic and organize it. I'm done with therapy and I leave the house. I come back again later on in life and oh my God, there's a basement and it's flooded. And I'm like, oh my God. I thought I went through all the fucking, all the fucking rooms. And so now I'm like up to my knees in the water, you know, trying to save the foundation of my house. And then now it's like, you know, I might find a hallway closet probably not i'll probably find a drawer is what it is now yeah oh i have a junk drawer you know and that's what those systems are in place for because i've learned that if i'm not being proactive in my relationships or proactive in my life that just you know via my experience and just annoying of myself that sometimes things do get past me like i'm not impervious to you know going back into some shitty habits which luckily now i'm like all right that's okay that happens. I'm, I fully expect that to happen. I fully expect me to regress in various parts of my life. And I just need to make sure that I, I'm that my greater self, right. Mm-hmm. Is able to like manage that. Cause in a given moment, in a given day, I make might make shitty like decisions. But if like, if I can look out for myself a month from now, a year from now, five years from now, then like I'll be really happy with those decisions. I love that metaphor of like the attic. Same. And the drawer. Cause it, I think it's so true. It's like, like you said, it's never, you're never like <clears throat> fully evolved. You're never like there. And then it, there's just these pieces that you have to like work through. And as you were saying that, I was just thinking of like things happening in my own life in this past year. And then Taylor five years ago or 10 years ago and like mm. would have lost my shit. So it's just, um, I love that process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, um, with the intake form you did talking about finding alignment day to day and, and how I think this is where people myself included, find themselves in trouble. You, you mentioned a cool thing like making decisions out of fear mm. versus curiosity and being open. And you kind of mentioned like, I don't really have a, you know, a, a goal or not, maybe not the right way to say that, but like, what is it, whatever the future holds, you're open to whatever it comes, what comes. And when you're open and going down that curiosity, um, the days are better compared to making decisions sure. out of fear. Well, where do you find yourselves in days where you're making decisions out of fear and how do you catch yourself? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, fear is a bitch. Fear, <laughs> fear fucking sucks. Or making decisions out of like a place of lack, you know? Yeah. It's just not where you want to be. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, it's like always returning to myself. You know, I mean, sometimes when I find myself, you know, triggered or you're asking about those like certain tools, um, yeah, I think the baseline of that meditation or even just the knowingness of times in my life where I am at peace or when I am expansive or when I do love everyone or versus times where I am guarded against the world or think small thoughts about myself. Um, you know, my entire reality is like formed by me. Obviously, we have a collective reality that we're all agreeing upon. But generally speaking, how I view the world, it all starts with here. So if I am coming from fear then that lens is going to be over like literally everything when i am coming from that place i mean i'm a recovering perfectionist you know so i have to remind myself and you're right sometimes it does take 30 minutes but other times it does take a day sometimes it's just like i have a shitty day and that's okay and i do sleep it off hopefully and if i don't sleep it off then i talk to the people in my life who can help me you know those honest relationships that you guys have those are invaluable. And if I can't shake that off, then eventually in those, that two-week period, I see my coach or I see my therapist, you know, and then it becomes a thing like, whew, all right, I've been struggling with this and I can like actually admit it. Um, but I guess in that, in that given morning, in that given day where I am coming from a place of fear, two things have been happening recently. One thing that I've been doing for a long time is like kind of, you know, talking to myself, doing a little bit of talk therapy. Where does this come from? Mm -hmm. What does this feeling that I'm feeling remind me of? And oftentimes, sometimes I can pinpoint it like a very specific like date and time. Most of the time it's kind of an age. It's like, oh, I felt this when I was 24 and lonely and depressed in LA. Or I felt this when I was seven and I was in trouble with my parents for something and I wasn't being heard or whatever. And I kind of, I've done inner child therapy and then that's when I just like hang out with myself. I'm like, Hey man, whatever version of you that is being triggered by this thing, you're kind of having a reaction that isn't appropriate to the situation. So it feels like you're touching on a deeper pain that like still exists. Mm -hmm. I just try to hang out with that, that part of myself, love that part of myself, be like, hey, it's okay. I know this is a pattern of belief and a pattern of feeling and therefore in a pattern of behavior in this specific situation that I'm drawing upon and we can make better decisions here. I'm here for you. That seven-year-old within me or that 24 within me, they never died, never went anywhere. Like I'm, that seven-year-old Brandon is still the same person in front of you now. So there's all these versions of myself that I can like constantly heal don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's fucking annoying. It's like, Jesus, I'm 37. I'm talking to the seven year old within me, but I don't know. It's kind of cool time travel at the same po same point, you know, like that's pretty rad recently though, because not all the time do I want to be like driving around, you know, like I have to fucking live my life. I can't be like talking to my seven year old self here. I just need to like fucking get to the shit already. Brandon's um, in the quarter at the party. Just talking exactly. to his seven, seven year old self. <laughs> Well, seven-year-old Brandon, what do you think happens after you die? Yeah. You know, I was like rocking in the corner. Um, no, but now I'm just like, I'm finding recently I've just been a lot better at just making very distinct um, different choices. And mm -hmm. it's taken me a long time to get to that point. To just be like, you know, here's what I would normally do. I can recognize that I can go down that, that road. And I'm sure we can uncover that. We could talk it out. But I just don't have the fucking time to do that right now. I'm just going to actually just make a decision to go on a, like a different direction down the road. And it takes me probably 60 seconds to let go of that. There is a feeling that like almost like a, like how you feel when you're like jealous 
mm. you know, and your partner and you're feeling that jealousy and you kind of want to just ruminate in that when you're just like, yeah, well, I'm upset about this or this is what bugs me. It takes about 60 seconds to let go of it. And then after that, then I'm like, cool. Now I'm just going down a different street. And luckily that's been happening. Yet again, I fully expect me to not always have that 60 seconds to do that, but it is a cool trick. I don't even know how I'm doing it, but I want to keep on improving upon that to just keep on making those better decisions moving forward. But it it's tough. It's taken a long time to figure out to pinpoint it and to choose differently. I'm curious, is there like a tan, if you're willing to share, is there a tangible thing where you're making decisions in fear? What, what, it, what's going on there? And w- so like, I'm just thinking about myself, right? I know this was happening during the holidays, um, using Instagram specifically for my content and, uh, doing things a certain way because I have to do it because I need to get clients and, uh, and it took too long to realize it didn't feel good. I mean, it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. It took too long for me to realize that was happening. And then, you know, what you're saying here, like I was making decisions out of fear. I was doing this because someone else said to do it. It's going to help me uh, because I need to make, get more clients, whatever, you know, the thing was. Um, it was all stemming from fear. And then, oh, man, when I finally realized it, I was able to step back and then start making better choices um, in that same field with Instagram and how I'm showing up. It starts to feel really good again. So I'm curious for you if you have something you'd like to share that where – Maybe you're making decisions out of fear. Yeah, I don't know if I have a specific example. Nothing's specifically coming to me. Um, but as you're talking, it is a specific feeling, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that you will start, at least in my um, experience, that, like, I now know more and more. The more decisions I make aligned with, like, my true self or my highest self, whatever, the more I really come to understand that feeling and understand when it's not that feeling. Um and so for me, yeah, it is kind of about that. I know it's an intangible thing um, because for a long time it took, you know, like especially being a kid, the acting thing, it was like my identity and a lot of people's lives were like tied to this acting thing. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, every time I'd be at a family party, it would make my grandmother so proud. You know, um, I actually have people, managers, agents, people working for me that want this for me. Um, even myself, I was like, well, this is like rooted to a lot of like the praise and love that I'm getting. I feel special from it. Um, but it wasn't fully aligned and it took me a long time to actually figure out that groove. Cause sometimes one of my coaches talks about like the 3d world and the 5d world, 3d world being like this tangible world, 5d being more of kind of a spiritual understanding of things. Um, you know, like we live in the 3d world, right? Like making things happen, getting things done bills, work, job. And when you're really good at the 3D world, it's easy to kind of get um, uh, sucked in by it, you know, um, because this world is really fucking cool. Like the way that we build it, the way we get to interact, the cool things we get to do here this moment. Um, but I also do think th- from things from kind of a bigger perspective, not all the time, but like when I'm on my best days, I think about it in terms of like my soul's journey or like what I'm here to do to, ex- to experience this life as a soul through the lens of a human known as Brandon. And when I get into those feelings, then I do know how to approach relationships and I do know how to approach like job and career. Um, and that is more holistic and that is more loving and that is more from a, a confident place. Whereas sometimes if I get admired in the 3d and the bills and the money and the have to, and the insecurity and the ego and the fear and the control power games, whatever. Now I'm like, I don't know, in all this like human ego bullshit, mm. um, it's hard to know the difference for me personally sometimes, but the more I can groove 
either my brain synapses or my soul synapses into that higher alignment. I'm like grooving that feeling that I can actually tell the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I didn't really answer your question, but that's what it no, feels like. For no, me. it's, it's the feeling. I yeah. think that's the big thing. It is that feeling like, <laughs> again, it took me too long for me, but uh, it wasn't feeling good. And that's when you start to force things. And, uh, and when things do feel good, like it's with ease. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it just feels good. And the problem I think we faced, you said it before, thinking you figured it out in your 20s and everything had to be perfect. And like, unfortunately, that's what we're told. Go yeah. to college, know what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Newsflash, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Almost for their entire lives. Yeah. And so really it's just coming back to yourself and feeling what feels good. Not, I have to do this. I have to keep acting because this is who I am and this is what grandma, you know, says. Right. And, and I, I had that experience as a civil engineer in New York City. Mm thinking like this is what I'm supposed to do. And I know my dad was proud of me and like my son's a civil engineer in New York city right. and all those things. And, um, they're so supportive of every decision I've made, but that's just what I fell into. So that's what I thought was right. But you know, walking the fucking, you said, uh, the LA traffic, uh, earlier, you know, for me, the New York city and the subways. Mm-hmm. And it's like, none of this, I mean, no one likes that shit, but none of it felt good. Walking through yeah. the doors to work didn't feel good. And mm-hmm. you don't have to like suffer through that. And so you already, I already knew, but it took me five years to get out of engineering. Um, so it's like, we all know, I think we all have these answers. Um, it's just really starting to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. yeah, It's really fucking hard to do. I think especially in your twenties, because we all want to feel special, right? No one doesn't want to go through this life being like, oh, I'm average or I'm less than average, especially in your twenties when you're trying to create the foundation of your life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, or even like attract a mate. You know, um, like fall in the good graces to have the love of your family and your peers. Like going back to like connection, like that is a part of it, right? That's a kind of a weird sullied part of it, but we all want that. And so it, I think I, I have some grace with myself when I'm young, when I was younger of like, okay, well that, that comparison makes sense. Like everyone wants to feel special and everyone obviously can in their own way, but by that rubric, in order for you to feel special, that means that other people probably aren't special. And then there just inevitably is that comparison, you know? And especially when you get out and you're trying to be like, yeah, I'm fucking 25 and I figure it all out, I'm fucking killing it. There's a lot of ego in that, you know? Yeah. And and I don't know if it's like my brain chemistry has chilled out or I've learned things. Mm-hmm. It's probably a little bit of both. And obviously being humbled by life as you get older, you're like, oh man, I know so very little. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that makes sense, you know, and I, I, I wish that I could tell the younger self or like my younger brother or different people like to kind of let go of that. Um, but I'll, but you know, I, I, I get that everyone wants to be chosen. Everyone wants to like live a, a significant life. Yeah. It's interesting. A couple of things that came up is like one, I think doing all this, the coaching, the therapy, it allows you to kind of coach yourself. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about where you can have that conversation then it's awareness. You can have awareness of that feeling. And then I love what you said about making a decision where sometimes you're like, you know what? I can't talk to my seven-year-old self. I'm just going to make a decision. And the reason you can do that is because you've done all this work and you know that even if that's quote unquote the wrong decision, you'll be able to bounce back from it. Mm -hmm. Whereas I know something you said in the intake form was talking about getting it right. And like in your twenties. And I know for me, I was so worried about making a wrong decision in my twenties. Sure, sure. And it's like, once you can let go of that and realize that like, Hey, make a decision and then you'll figure it out and then you'll figure it out and looking back, but it's hard because I, I think about like my younger self, if I could go back and give myself advice, I wouldn't have listened. 
Totally. I think I had to figure it out. And I think <laughs> that's, sure. you mentioned it earlier too. It's like, unfortunately, sometimes we got to go through some shit to like mm. figure it out. But hopefully everyone that's listening, you know, if you haven't started personal development or coaching or therapy, like, Hey, here's your sign. Like try it out yeah. Yeah. and then see where you can get. Yeah. It's so hard to see. Like you, it's so hard to see you, your own shit, you know, like even me with, and I teach a lot of content and stuff and uh, I teach this stuff. And then after like some coaching calls, I'll be like, I'm not doing any of that. Like, I need to get, you know, it's like, man, yeah. shit. Someone should have told me that two months ago. Like, yeah. you know, I need a coach for this. Um, yeah. <laughs> Brandon, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm loving this conversation. I, I'm, only, I'm only teasing. Unless, yeah, yeah. unless you have a good answer. Uh, I don't, I have the meaning of life for me. It's, it's quite simple. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. Um, but it's, I believe that I personally am here in this lifetime to, to love and to connect. It's very simple in that way to love and connect with others and to love and connect with myself. Um, I think that's the experience that I'm, if I was a soul looking down at this earth video game, right. And like, <laughs> I'm a soul and I'm like, Oh, everything's good. Like I, but I can't really like touch or feel or taste or fuck or any of those things, which would be really cool to do. I also don't have any like inherent like danger, mm-hmm. you know, like, like there's nothing truly at stake. There's a lot of like peace in a way, especially viewed through a human perspective. I would want to come down to this life into this human experience to feel and to be vulnerable and to be in danger and to be elated and to have those ups and downs. Um, and so I think to come down here, I'd, I'd want to like experience all that. I'd want to like have like the full gamut of like the human experience. Um, but specifically, I think the connection and the love piece is like where I just feel the most lit up, where I feel the most like mm-hmm. myself, where I feel the most fully realized, where I feel the most um, present. Be- yeah. And, and honestly, like benefit, mm-hmm. you know, where like I, I get the most out of it, but I feel like other people get the most out of it. Um going back to what you said, like I feel the most disconnected from that. And I feel the most in my depressive states when I'm not in that, when I'm not in love, when I'm not connected and I've built up habits over time to where sometimes I, I look for that, you know, or like I do have a sadomasochistic, I want to inflict pain upon myself. I think to some degree that's wanting the entirety of the human experience. I think to some degree that is the acting thing as well that like I learned that like these range of emotions are actually really cool and fun generally speaking um but yeah that's that's the point to to my life how do you because those are not exactly measurable right love connection so how do you make sure that you're doing that and what are the degrees of that yeah i think um i'm constantly trying to delve into different creative ways to pursue that Mm -hmm. um because i think there's been chapters of my life where I'm like, oh, well, this is love and this is what connection is. And these are my rubrics. If I'm interacting with my friends this amount of time in these ways, you know, then I'm being successful. Obviously, mm. I get to measure them for myself. But the more people that I meet, I see how different people interact with different people. Like my girlfriend and my partner, she's one of the most like caring and thoughtful people that I've ever met. And I see how she interacts with the people in her life. She has so many friends and so many loved ones that love her so well. And I've definitely taken that and stolen a few things from her. Like, Oh, here's how I can deepen my love. We, we love in different ways. You know, here's how I show it, but I see how you show it. And I see how that lights up the people around you. And I want to light the people around me in that way, that, that cool, special way that you have. So thank you for that gift. And like, I want myself to constantly be open and malleable to 
to evolve and to do that, you know, so that Brandon at 38 is loving differently. And it's more of just like, yet again, it's not a destination thing. Yeah. The process. How can I constantly keep on pushing and evolving myself and also having grace with myself? Like I can't constantly be doing this work all the time. I need to take a fucking break and maybe be an asshole or maybe be like by myself or maybe, you know, just take some time to like, not be in the class or not be reading the book, you know, and then come back with it with fresh eyes. But when I do, let's come back with it with a different perspective, like a new version of myself. Well, that's a little bit of the the fun and the play we get to have, right? And um, the snowboarding or even the meditation. The meditation is supposed to be like we're not thinking about any of this shit. We're just, right, you know, being. Um, but that's what's fun about the play where you're kind of in those, you know, when you snowboard and you're in that flow state and you're just crushing down the mountain and it just feels good. You're not thinking about, am I doing this right or wrong? How's the relationship? How's all this stuff? We're just having fun. Mm -hmm. And that's such a valuable thing to have in your life. I even know myself. It's like being an entrepreneur. It's like I can continue to work. There's always something to do. Um, and you can carry that over to life. There's always, you can always reflect and be a little bit better and mm -hmm. challenge yourself a little bit more, but you need that time to get out and get away from it. And it's, it's yeah. letting that subconscious brain kind of do its thing too. And totally. Yeah. Well, I think it can have like diminishing returns to a certain point. It's mm -hmm. like sometimes like I'm a thinker, I'm a feeler. 90% of the thinking that I do, you know, in that first, like, let's say, I don't know, hour of thinking is probably pretty productive. But that last 10% that I ruminate up for hours over, it's like, Maybe I'll get a nugget of something really interesting and, and helpful. But at that point, I'm probably just wasting my fucking time, <laughs> you know, like especially with the work. Like I can dive into it like hardcore, but then other times it becomes like almost masturbatory and I need to just like chill out, be in joy, be in the world, be with people, you know, get out of your fucking ass and just go like, like have fun. Enjoy like the, you know, the puppy dogs and the ice cream. Okay. Yeah. So we've been very deep. What is, yeah. what do you do for fun? That's just for the sake of like those things yeah so i play music i'm in a band um and that's a really cool random ass thing that's happened to me in my life in terms of like being open to the process of this life like i played music doing polynesian dancing growing up so that was like syncopated like drum rhythms and like ukulele things like that um i learned to play guitar but that was mostly like for me and maybe for like you know, a random like time where I like wanted to get like laid in college sort of, thing. <laughs> you know, but it's like, all right, I have this life where I'm performing <laughs> for other people. And not only am I like a recovering uh, perfectionist, but I'm a recovering people pleaser. So for this music thing, I just want it for me. It's this thing that I get to do for myself. Well, in my thirties, met a bunch of dudes in Colorado and I wasn't sure if I was going to stay here or leave or not. And they become like my best friends. And I found this music thing, never thought I was going to be in a band and that is where I get to access that flow state. We have these, like we're writing music right now. And so it's very like, like specific, logical, moving towards a specific goal. But mostly we just kind of like jamming where no one says a word. Everyone picks up their instruments. One guy starts on something. And, you know, within like five minutes, we find a groove. And then we just like lay into that. And it's just 40 minutes of like eyes closed, mm -hmm. just in it, just completely gone. I'm not thinking about <clears throat> anything I am, I'm in another place, you know, I have that flow state. I've had that with snowboarding. I've had that with meditation, sex, basketball, and now music where I'm, I don't even know what time it is. I don't know how long I've been here and I'm just existing and, and also connecting non-verbally yes. with like other people. And that's just like fucking mind blowing. It's yes. been such a cool random ass chapter of my life. How often are you playing music? Right now a lot. 
Um, most days of the week. Yeah. Is this something, um, I'm curious if you like schedule, you're like, Oh, I know I'm going to play like this afternoon or is it just like, I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up at some point today. Well, it's become one of those things. So my, my morning practice when I'm on it is wake up, meditate, journal. So kind of like, you know, find some peace, like dump all of this bullshit and then do something that I love first thing in the morning. It could be a workout that I love. It could be playing music. It could be dancing. It's whatever I want it to be. But it has to be something that like I can recognize like joy first thing that mm. I'm like giving that to myself first thing. Then I make myself a meal and then I go about my day. So a lot of times it is that this mm. music, just like waking up and just getting to enjoy it. It's kind of changed a little bit with the fact that we're playing this big show and we're writing a record. And so I've recently changed that over to like, oh, this isn't just a hobby. This is now a passion, something I'm devoting myself to which is a really cool feeling because I really had that feeling since acting. Oh, and I think I've honestly really avoided it since acting because it just kind of got beaten out of me. It was just like a lot of pressure and a lot of bullshit and I like lost a lot of the joy in it. But now it's like, no, no, I really want to be a proficient musician. You know, like I'm definitely not a professional musician. I'm definitely an amateur musician trying to pass off as a decent musician. But after doing a lot of the work and like you know, having the grace with myself as I'm being triggered throughout the process of like now, okay, this is something that I really want to do. I'm going to put my fucking all into this. And that feels really good to do again. There, um, there's no part of it that takes the joy out of something that was more play. And now it's like, okay, this is a bit more serious. I was leery of that. And I was kind of bummed about it. And before I've gotten to the point where I'm at now where I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I'm actually finding a joy in the dedication to it again, which is really cool. But um, basketball is another huge thing for me. Basketball is a, a huge love, a huge release in terms of like physical, but that for me is a lot of play, a lot of creativity. I fucking love basketball so much. Um, and there was a point where like we were all talking as a group and you know, there's being in a band is so interesting because it's a relationship with like, there's five guys in the group. And so there's a relationship amongst five people who are trying to be on the same page about something specifically, specifically with writing a song it's five cooks in the kitchen. Mm. You don't know what you're making and you don't even know what ingredients you <laughs> right. have. Wow. You it's know? so intense. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Um, and, and of course, like everyone has different cooking techniques and everyone is a different type of chef. And some people are better with like different methods of cooking than others. And, they were saying, Hey, Brandon, like, are you fully committed to this? You know, like we see how much you love basketball and you devote yourself to that without thinking about it. Like, are you the same way with this? And I was like, or we, we wish that you were as dedicated to this as you are to basketball. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I just am definitely not. Like I enjoy music as an escape. I'm going to play basketball until the day that I die and love it until the day that I die. And I will with music too, but it's different. And it took me making a distinct choice to be like, cool. I'm going to like actually devote myself to this. I kind of thought myself within the band of like, I'm not Kobe. I'm not like, you know, our go-to score. I'm literally just a guy diving for loose balls and grabbing <laughs> rebounds, you know? And they're like, all right, cool. But we need you to like take an open jump shot and work on your jump shot. It's like, fuck. Okay, cool. I'll work on my jump shot. And now that I've done that, I do like have a, a just dropping threes all day. I don't know about that. Okay. okay. I, I believe that. in you. Yeah, I believe thanks, in man. you. you know? Getting there. I hope to get there. Um, but yeah, now that's become like a huge release. Like we had a band practice last night and I was like, I'm so grateful to be in this band. It's yeah. just wild. 
Yeah. Well, it puts you in your complete flow. And mm. like a lot of people don't experience that with Dude, a I, lot of things they do. I will say I, I play guitar and I was in a little band for like maybe six months, a few winters ago before I moved out to Colorado. Uh, it was me, my brother, two other brothers, and then my girlfriend at the time. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not great at all. We're none of us really that good. We kind of just like played a bunch of covers, mm-hmm. but there's just those moments, like you said, when you first start and like, I think, what was I playing? Um, Clint Eastwood okay. gorillas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just like started doing that super simple on the guitar. And then the bass started just going and then we started drumming. And then turns out my girlfriend at the time knew all the fucking words. She started oh, like rapping it. Awesome. And it was like, we were just fucking like, David, <laughs> out. there's just, yeah, there's something like if you play an instrument, but you haven't joined a band or found some friends to like right. find that there's something really really special about it mm-hmm. and it's like i feel the like goosebumps right now just thinking about it yeah i think there's so much to uncover if it's not music like whatever that thing is and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it professionally but like kind of teetering that line of like let's just see what this could be yeah you know um and yeah i was curious i had asked about the scheduling thing because i think having play is so important and so many people forget that and like Matt and I in the winter, every Thursday we take off to go snowboarding so that one, we don't have to deal Sick. with the weekend crowds, but also like, so it's in our schedule and we hold each other accountable of mm-hmm. like, it's literally, you know, I mean, it's just awesome conversation driving up there. We get there, we have fun. We just like take the day. However, some days if it's powder, it's like, we're riding all day. Some days it's like we were last, was it last week? It oh was freezing God, cold. Yeah. It was like negative 15 when we got to Breck oh, and my God. So we did three runs and Dude, then my, my nose is peeling for five days. Yeah. After that. But it we're was... like, it's, it's just the whole day's great no matter what, mm-hmm. but having that accountability, having it on the schedule of like, okay, to make sure that I get out. Cause again, being an entrepreneur, like I could just keep working. And I think so many people don't have that. It's huge. So like, I love that you, you prioritize that in your morning routine. Yeah. yeah. Dude, uh, that's going in my morning routine, like five minutes of, of some mail, p- p- start picking up the guitar a little bit more, but I love that to. Feel. The problem is I pick up the guitar and then it's like an hour later. <laughs> I know. That is, <laughs> yeah. that is outside yeah. the problem. Yeah. yeah. But I love that so much. Um, as we kind of wrap up, I wanted to get your opinion because um, I think we get a lot of people we know sometimes on this podcast. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's almost an easy easier yes. Um, but Deuce, just kind of reaching out to you, explaining our, what we're doing here. Um, and you being so into it. Um, I'd love to hear what you have to say about happiness being a choice. Wow. Um yeah, I think the freedom of will that we all have is sometimes really overwhelming. Like, and you hear people talk about it like, oh, your your greatest fear is that, I don't know, whatever those quotes are about like, you're afraid of like what you're actually capable of. It is a lot to be a human and to be like self-accountable and self-responsible um, because I really truly believe you can be any way that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I think about like, if I could only like men in black myself with that little like button and like completely forget anything, right. Then in a given situation, I might make choices entirely different. Um, so it's on me to kind of deconstruct and unlearn whatever I choose to deconstruct and unlearn. And then also to make mindful decisions in the way that I wish to. And that can be in literally any fucking direction, which is why the idea of there being a right way or wrong way to be, um, in general, and even a right way or wrong way for me to be, for, for me to think of myself is like, I think that's just kind of a waste of time because I could be so many different things. Um, so if my reality and my personality and my identity is malleable and, and a choice, then of course, then happiness is too. And you can define that for yourself in, in whatever way that you want. Um, 
for me, that's basketball and connection and deep talks and playing music. But everyone gets to define it for themselves, however they do. That's a hard process, though. It's it's tough because no one teaches you how to do that. Right. You know, um, I think, I don't know, like religion and other things that have been formulated by society to give you a specific rubric for how to do that is why they're so intoxicating or like why certain people like to subscribe to them because it is easier. You know, um, a lot of the work that we're talking about today is with the help of a lot of people, but it's also like rubrics, rubrics that I've just decided for myself and not everyone is willing to do that. Even myself. I'm sometimes I'm like fucking tired of this. I'm fucking tired of having to do this work to kind of like self actualize and self define in the way that I see fit. All that being said, I'm so happy that I'm aware of it, that I have the flexibility and the malleability to go in any direction, to choose my own destiny and to choose how and why I wish to be. Um, it has led to so much, yeah, happiness, enjoying connection within myself with others. Um, so much fulfillment in my life. I don't always know what my purpose is or have a purpose in anything that I'm doing. Um, other than to kind of just like experience and enjoy it. Sometimes it's really easy to remember that. Other times it's really not. Sometimes I'm like, I'm really fucking uncomfortable and this fucking sucks. But that's kind of, that's kind of beautiful too. I mean, all of those things are choices in any given moment. You get to make a choice on how you perceive and how you choose to move forward. And even when you choose the city, the shitty things, that's still your choice. And that's so amazing that you get to do that. I, I, I know a lot of people that are boxed in by their lives and by their choices and maybe right now, wherever you're starting from means that you only have two or three choices in front of you. And so just make the choice that gives you three or four or five the next time. Mm -hmm. And then over time, over months, over years, hopefully you'll have the ability to have the freedom that we're all talking about, to have the freedom to choose happiness, to have the freedom to choose whatever peace or joy you, you want. Boom. Mike dropped. I yeah. That was um, really well said. It, Brings to mind this quote, and then Taylor, you can go. But uh, it, I hope I hope I get it right. Uh, sometimes I quote shit, and I'm like, oh, I fucking lost it. But uh, if you if you don't like it, change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Mm. And I just love that so much um, because it's that choice to be like, you know, some people I talk to, some people like hate their job and stuff. It's like, well, I, I can't leave the job, um, which is okay. If you really can't leave the job, then I bet you can show up a bit differently. You know, yeah, I hate my boss. It's like, yeah, well, all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but you're, this job is giving you the paycheck, which is allowing you to stay in this house that you have or right. maybe allows you to have the epic pass so you can go snowboard on the weekends or right. get the Airbnb. It's like you can choose to, to see life that way, and that's one example. Um, and I think you, you said a lot of that, so I just – yeah, that was a beautiful answer. Thanks, man. Answer. Yeah, I love that – big takeaway is like you have control and you can decide. And I think so many people don't give themselves permission to be like, no, I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing or that doesn't make me happy. So I can follow this route. Um, so really, really well said. I know we're wrapping up, but one thing I do want to touch on and you, maybe you can share kind of the short version is elopements. I think it's oh, so yeah, fucking yeah. cool that Johnny tsunami could marry you. <laughs> I, I fucking wish I knew that I'm divorced now. I wish I knew that when I got married. Um, but I, I'm kind of curious, you know, the, how'd you get into it? I imagine for you, a big part of it is love and connection. So like, what, yeah. is, what does it give for you? Totally. Um, yeah, whatever, whatever comes to mind from there. Um, yeah, well, my sister got married 
little over three years ago and asked me to be the officiant for her wedding. Oh, sick. Um, and I was like, cool, like, great. I have no idea what I'm doing, but sure, let's give it a go. A friend of mine worked for Simply Loped part-time, and she was just marrying people on the weekends. She had like a, you know, a conventional nine-to-five, and she was like, yeah, this is really cool. I'm just making supplemental income on the weekends, but also being with people who are in love in this beautiful place. It's rad. So she helped me do my sister's wedding. That went great. I was like, hey, I think I'm going to try this thing part-time because I really enjoyed it. Um, started doing it for them part-time. And then after a few months, they're like, hey, do you want to go full-time? Damn. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what that looks like or, or means. And I definitely wasn't a little boy, you know, growing up like, one day I want to be a wedding official. <laughs> yeah. you know? But here we are. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, yeah, um, so many different parts of my life have coalesced to like this moment where, yeah, uh, if there were to be a downside, you know, there is a lot of travel. Mm. Yeah. What is full time look yeah. like? Um, you know, like in like the busy season, I'm marrying like four to five people a week. Oh, wow. damn. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a lot. And how far are you travel? Like what's the farthest you'll travel? Um, maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Okay. So it's not that bad. But Specif- it's still. Specifically from my background. It's like I was in LA traffic every day <laughs> for years since I was 11, for like 20 years. Damn. You know, I'm driving 15 miles in stop and go traffic that takes me an hour and a half to get to a spot. So now I'm driving up the mountains along like, you know, creeks and rivers and mountain peaks and lakes. And when I get to my destination, so as I'm doing that, I'm on the phone with family. I'm connecting with my brother in California. I'm listening to the podcasts or listening to the music we just recorded. So even that is like, oh, this is great. As I'm looking at all this beautiful, you know, whatever, like land, I'm getting to like enjoy that time with myself. And then when I get there, of course, it's in a beautiful spot because that's where people want to get married. So now I'm in like the most gorgeous spots of Colorado with these people on their big day. You know, they're in love. We're outside. I'm in nature at my office. That's incredible. But then also like there's a performative aspect to it. Mm-hmm. To where I can like draw upon what I've learned with acting, where I can draw upon what we talked about in the beginning about like making people feel comfortable. You know, that's a big day where people are very nervous. There's a lot going on and I have the ability to recognize that and to make them at ease to like, oh, this guy's got it covered. We're good to go. Let's have a great fucking time. Um, the performative aspect is cool too because I get to like talk and speak and speak to love and speak to connection to kind of hold up a mirror to them, showcasing their relationship to themselves, to the people that are there. But also it's not performative in the sense that I get to, that I'm being anyone else. Like everything that I say in every single one of my ceremonies are things that I completely believe. You know, if there ever is a couple that has a different system of belief, then there oftentimes is a way where I'm like, cool, I can honor that while also honoring myself. But if there's a distinct difference, I'm like, hey, well then I'm not your guy. Mm. There's plenty of people who can marry you, you Mm. know? And I don't want to be up there in any like disingenuous way in any inauthentic way. Not that it's the end of the world, but there's so many people out there who can marry you, a friend or a priest or whoever the fuck, you know, and maybe I'm just not that guy, but if we're down for the same thing, then fucking perfect. Um, yeah. And then I leave, you know, my, my, my job is like pretty much completely stress-free. Every time I leave my job, they're so stoked. Pretty much all the couples are so, so, so stoked to have me there. Some of them do know me as Johnny Tsunami. Some of them don't. Some of them hire me specifically for that. Others know me but don't see my face when like, oh, Brandon Baker's going to be your officiant. And then I show up on the day of and they're like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> oh my God, yes. that's awesome. There was like one wedding last a couple of years ago. So cool. If that was Matt, he'd be like, Pono, Pono. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, definitely. There yeah. was one wedding where 
she's literally waiting to walk down the metaphorical aisle. We're like, we're like in the mountains and it's beautiful. And she's like waiting to walk down and there's like the bridesmaids here and the groomsmen here. And one of the groomsmen leans over to the groom and says something to him. There's a kind of wrestling. He leans over to me. He's like, are you fucking Johnny? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I am. And the other groomsmen are like, no fucking way. No fucking way. I'm like, okay, let's relax. There's a bride walking down. So let's just like wait. We'll, we'll take pictures Literally after. the best day of his life. Yeah, yeah, right. Just yeah. got better. Yeah. Oh my Didn't God. Didn't think it could happen. Oh wow. my God. That's so incredible. I can imagine the other scenarios. Um, if it were myself, can, trying to convince my fiance that we need to have Johnny Tsunami as the officiant. You don't understand what this means to me. Yeah. Listen, you picked you picked the silverware, the cake, the fucking everything. Yeah, totally. All I want is Johnny Tsunami. Yeah. Wow, it's awesome. It is a, I mean, going back to the Johnny Tsunami thing, it is such a random thing that keeps so on like leading to all of these like, yeah. moments and connections and stories. I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, it's... It's so wild. That's incredible. So I'm amazing. so I want to look into this. This sounds amazing. Simply eloped. Sounds yeah. like something I would love. I always yeah. loved. I've given a few best man speeches. Um, <laughs> gave a hilarious speech uh, my senior year of high school to my um, baseball coach, who everyone hated. So I simultaneously made fun of him and then also made him cry. Happy cry. Okay. It was. Uh, I fucking nailed it. I've always <laughs> loved speeches. So this seems Rad. like something. It seems like something I would like. Yeah, for sure. All three of you, I can see. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Brandon, this has been amazing. It's been a, such a pleasure. Thanks for having yeah. me, guys. This has yeah. been fun to just like hang out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Come back whenever. That's, that's what, uh, before we started, Taylor was telling, telling Brandon about uh, why we started the podcast. And it was like, we already have these conversations. So let's just have them with a mic in our face. And yeah, now we get to have some, yeah. this conversation with someone like you. Meet cool people, build even, a community. Yeah. So. I, I feel the same way. It's like, I'm so stoked to have met the three of you because... And again, I'm having these conversations in my own life. It's nice to just like meet other people who care about the same things. I would totally love to come back at some point. Oh, you guys we, we would yeah. love to have you. We're going to yeah. see you at Electric Forest for nice. sure. No, <laughs> tickets Forest. are like way already sold out. I'm pretty uh, sure. Correct. Do you, yeah. know, do you know anybody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you really have to plan that if, stuff. If you know a guy who's playing or something, I don't even know. <laughs> tickets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Icon Epic. <gasps> Oh. Uh, none this year. Nursing oh. a knee injury, unfortunately. Oh, Damn. so yeah, sorry. That's yeah, okay. Shit yeah, goody goody gum drops. <laughs> goody goody gum drops. It's like, all right, this season I'm going to become a bass player. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, boom. Well, what a beautiful yeah. thing to have. More stuff to fall in. I always go back to the, one of our podcasts, Trevor Boehm. He talks about this. Like, if your life is a if your life is a pie, to have so many slices that you know, it, for him especially, he was talking about like, um asking your girlfriend, wife, whatever, like, you want to have sex? And she says, no. Like, does that ruin your day? Or it's like, no, mm. I'm going to go shoot my bow. I'm going to go work on my book. I'm going to go do this thing. Like, right. You have so many things to to um, have fun with and lean back on. Yeah, and, uh, which is awesome, I think. That's super important and something I constantly remind myself of as, like we say, entrepreneur. You could do so many things. You could mm. keep working. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've uh, been getting into running and in the summer I play baseball, which I love. And so yeah, just, yeah. Stay yeah. curious. Yeah, you don't even know what you're into. Yeah, you, know? you don't know you what don't, you're into. You don't even know. Yeah. Wow. Don't even know what you're yeah. into. Yeah, guys, girls, both <laughs> right. same time, many together. <laughs> Porno. Porno. Yeah. Porno. Oh to the max. man, Brandon, thank you so much. <laughs> and until next time, peace. peace.